0: I'm still making my way through German beers. Oh, yes. I there's no English on this whatsoever, yes. but I was drawn to it because it is called hell. And so nice. I'm just going to see what happens. By Difference. the way, hell, hell is delicious. Hell I was going to say,
1: so how does it taste?
0: It's very like it's very light, but it's very flavorful.
1: Hell is very underrated. Turns out. Yeah, that's that's why most of your friends are going to be there.
0: Hell is delicious. That was delicious.
2: Uh. That's better. And complex.
1: Welcome to episode 277 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shanna Weston, Ogenholder, Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand.
2: And whether you are a longtime listener or you're new to the show you can get even more content even more fun banter uh for a few dollars a month you can sign up and become a patreon at patreon.com ptlive live uh we'll even send you a pint glass while well, we still have pint glasses as a cue um and your 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 dollars goes to uh you know all the administrative costs of running the show and when we make our live appearances at like while GooseFest and other such places. So, patreon.com slash btlive. And as always, thank you to our current patrons.
0: Today we're going to discuss lunar trivia, to which I will lose just immediately, like I can take myself out of it. Generosity and reciprocity and deconstruction. So, what are we drinking? Oh, okay, I'm going to start with you, because you've been on a roll.
2: I'm, I'm halfway through my rum punch already um we, we started had the drink ready to go we started a little late i was slow sipping and now i'm halfway through it already but yeah rum punch i feel
0: like if we were to come to barbados and open your fridge it would just be like a tub of rum punch and listen
2: like listen there's there's beer you you are not wrong actually it's like there's bottles of beer there's a couple of bottles of wine still left over from christmas There's all the fixings for rum punch, all the juices, the bottle of grenadine. There is, there are three mammoth blocks of cheese because I love to have me the cheese cutters, big cheese sandwiches with the freshly baked bread from bakery, and just a variety of like few left over, notch-in food things. But the majority is alcoholic (laughs) beverages. Cheese
1: cheese and alcohol, you're not wrong. That's a great diet, right? I, I,
0: I can. (laughs) If you'd like to see what that diet gets you to look like, you <laughs> can <laughs> go on my Instagram. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: my God. What are you drinking? What are you guys drinking? We got, Brian? Well, uh, the football gods continue to shine on the state of Michigan, so I've had plenty to drink. Uh, so today I'm having the Free Wave Hazy IPA by Athletic Brewing, which is a non-alcoholic beer. Oh.
2: I would have thought after driving through all that snow to get your kid, you would have I
1: know. gotten a real drink. <laughs> well, I, I would have, but this is what I had bought. So this is what's in the fridge. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what you got, Shannon?
0: Well, so Brian is getting the remnants of the snowstorm that we had last night. So we had a snow day here um, and craziness and whatever. And that has made my household, those of you that know a little bit about my household, very cranky um, because the... The husband of the house does not like snow at all, yet continues to choose and lo- live in snowy areas. Although, this is the Maryland's first snow over an inch for 766 days. So, like, climate change oh, is you were due. changing that aspect. We were due. However, I'm still making my way through German beers. Oh, yes. I, I, um, ah. There's no English on this whatsoever. Yes. But I was drawn to it because it is called hell. And so nice. I'm just gonna take some. See what happens. Just gonna see what happens.
2: And, and technically, where you all are right now, hell is kind of freezing over. So it's, there's it's that.
0: freezing over because yes, it's a light one. It's a pillowyish it? color. Yeah, I wouldn't have
1: thought hell would be a light one, but there you go. Oh, because it's I like mean, a, a a hella a hellas or like a, a a wheat beer. Listen,
0: it's a gibra. Yeah, I can't even like it's <laughs> it's this thing. <laughs>
2: It's that thing when is that thing i don't know what that means
0: i don't i i have no idea i will look it up in the meantime while yeah. we discuss there things
1: there you go there, you well there guess. is a hell michigan and it did freeze over so the detroit free press had a picture of the temperature of negative degrees in hell and said hell is frozen over and the lions have won a playoff game so <laughs> if those two are incidental i don't know but it might be related. that's what we call that's what we religious
2: will call the end times.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
2: Um, I'm just so you guys know, I, I'll always I'll throw this out every year. You need a break from the snow? Come join me in Barbados. I yes. got I got the space. I can put you up. Super no tempting right oh, about now.
0: That just said brood in Al Aljul, Aljul or something. Oh, the place. um Let me try this one. Keep going. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha, um, but yes, yeah, so there's there's plenty of room here. I mean, I, I won't take care of your airfare, of course, but I mean, these accommodations the accommodations come. Um, what is what is it? Not the temperature. All right, we metric over here, 27 degrees Celsius, which I want to say maybe 78. You're killing me. Hey Google, what's 27 degrees Celsius? Well, yeah, right it's at 80. It's 80. I'll
1: 80 be there degrees. shortly.
0: I'll be there in a couple of hours. Well,
1: come, yeah. come, on, come on down. I would take 27 degrees Fahrenheit right now because it's nine degrees here. In-
0: is it? Let's see. It is. Oh, it's 28 here. It's 28.
1: Yeah. We've gotten over a foot of snow, maybe a foot and a half, and it's nine degrees. So you're you're 28
2: Fahrenheit and I'm 28 Celsius. And there's yeah. a
1: difference.
0: There's a difference. <laughs> like, big By
1: difference. the way, hell
0: hell is delicious. I hell was going to
1: say, so how does it taste?
0: it's very like it's very light but it's very flavorful
1: hell is very underrated
2: turns out
0: yeah that's
2: that's why most of your friends are gonna be there
0: it's got like a really deep complex like i can't do all the descriptions but it's good it's good nice so it's it's an upgrade from last week oh my god i couldn't even (laughs) like derek drank it and he's like it's okay and then he like kept drinking it and he was like, oh, it's getting better and better. And I'm like, yeah, that's the like 9% alcohol content.
2: <laughs> exactly. Kicking it.
0: And then he was I mean, like, should be it, a... it tastes like you, like the drippings of a brisket or something. And right, I was like, right. yeah, that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a good smoked brisket, but you know, that's right. Yeah. Right. All
2: right. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's for so we... your show title. Hell tastes good. Hell tastes
0: good. Hell is delicious. <laughs> Ella's delicious.
2: Uh-huh. There, that's oh, better. Delicious.
0: And complex.
2: Love it. Ella's delicious and
1: complex. There you go. Love it. On to today's topics. So before we get to our lunar trivia, uh, when was the last time you were quote over the moon? Or do you, is that a phrase you use? What do we mean by that exactly? Right. When when you
2: put it in there, what does that mean?
0: I madly in love
2: super excited super
0: excited very happy i'm i'm very pleased like i'm extremely pleased Mm,
2: okay
0: so like somebody's having a baby i'm over the moon right like
1: Mm. yeah i was gonna say hell tastes great i'm over the moon (laughs) gotcha
0: the 2018 draft, Baltimore Ravens choose Lamar Jackson for the trade. I'm over the moon.
1: Yeah. Like, and six years later, you're the number one seed over the moon.
0: Yeah. Sorry. It just, you know, I asked, I asked Derek and Thomas, like, we were watching football. I was like, okay, what do you think will be happier is like draft night 2018, which like is really like, Derek says it. And it's probably right. Like probably the most genuine, like surprised, happy, shocked I've ever been in my life. Right. Or like Lamar Jackson's first Super Bowl win. And they're like, that's not even a question. And I'm like, I don't know. It might be. Like no, it might be.
1: Because yeah. Because him being our guy when he's already your guy, that sets the stage for all that follows.
0: Right. So I don't know. So I'm hoping to answer that question in another month. And have it a, have a, be able to tell you exactly the last time it was over the moon. <laughs> there you go.
2: See, and this is why we have pre-show. So you guys can get all your football.
0: I know, Ogin. We, yes. we didn't have pre-show
2: today. Sorry. We didn't have pre-show today. So, <laughs>
0: But Brian and I's teams are doing so well.
1: Yes, I don't dis- listen. Is, I don't disparage you at all. A, Go for it. Have your phone. <laughs> a date written in the stars where our teams will meet up one more time this season. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> um, so I shared the picture. You probably saw it. So there was a picture that Detroit Free Press posted of this kid wearing a Detroit Lions jersey and a U of M hat, eating a big slice of pizza. And they're like, "This kid just had the best week of his life." So and Brian was
0: like, <laughs> "It's me. I'm the kid."
1: Yeah. So over the moon. That's how I would yeah do. the day the, the
2: the the day that you two guys' teams meet that's the day that we're getting a sub for me I ain't showing up to the show that <laughs> day because it, it will be. I think be we great. need to do
1: a live, like we need to do <laughs> like say. a live stream of us both <laughs> watching the game or something.
0: Because <laughs> the only, because Ogan, the only way it would ha- be, happen is if they went to the Super Bowl. That's the only way they would meet up. Oh well, no!
2: I, I think I understood that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we I got the implication. You're just gonna. There.
0: It's gonna be the most boring. It's gonna be like Peyton and Eli, but like super boring because <clears throat> it's gonna be us and I'm like.
2: And 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 to be honest, like that might be that's generally the only football game I watch all year, the Super Bowl. So <laughs> well, there you go. Well, yeah. it might be very might be, exciting. Be, that's fair. It might be. Uh, all right. Last time or, I was over yeah. the moon. I I I really can't remember. Oh. Um. Oh. Maybe when my child graduated from college last this yeah. past summer. Maybe know. maybe then. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it takes something very, really
0: sure. momentous you know, to be, like, over the moon. Like, I... This isn't a regular occurrence thing.
1: No, it's a very rare... I'd say, like, once yeah. every... 10 years, if you're fortunate. Yeah. Right? I and know. even then,
0: I, I just feel like there's a... There's an element to it that isn't, like... Like, I was so happy on my wedding day, and there was so much... But I... I wouldn't describe it as like over the moon. Do you know no, like there's a special a connotation? Yeah. Um, it's almost like a suspenseful buildup to it. Like, will it, won't it? Like, is it gonna happen? Yes, you know.
1: Yes, and a surprise elation when it happens. Like your wedding day, you know, is coming. It's not like it was sprung on you and you had no idea. I feel, I feel like we need to bring Derek
2: on for a rebuttal because he might have been over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be awkward to find out that you weren't. So oh, you know that's
0: not, but that's not what I mean. Like I, I just like the feeling I don't the, know. Like, I don't
2: know what you meant, but I'm telling you what you said.
1: It's now
0: if you recorded. asked Derek how he felt on our wedding day, he would say sweaty. Like that would be his answer. He was like, I was so sweaty. Because <laughs> uh, it was like it was it was early October, but it was 80 degrees and super humid because like a storm was coming. <laughs> And he's just, like, drenched. There you go. There's actually a picture after the ceremony where he had his jacket off. And, like, I had to cover up a sweat mark on his, like, vet. He soaked through his shirt (laughs) and his vest. Like,
2: I was going to say, yes, I will. I was thinking I'll I'll stick with my daughter's college graduation. I mean, because the fact that, you know, she, she... She's wanted to be a dancer from as mm-hmm. long as she could remember being alive. And and she is now a professional dancer. In fact, she was dancing in uh performance in New York uh, last couple days, days, uh, this company. And, you know, she got through college. And after, you know, losing her mom at 14 and being able to, like, just navigate all of that and come on the other end of it. It was like it was such it was such an emotional day for so many reasons, so much. Mm-hmm laughter, so much tears, so much like just yeah. It felt like the combination of something huge and both in you know it's college graduations both ending and the beginning and you know lots of pride and lots of admiration and all the things. So yeah, there was a that was a lot for that one event and occasion. Um yeah. so yeah I think that was it last time. I think that works. I think that works. All right.
1: Okay. A little bit of uh Bonus Lunar Trivia. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. What was the first spacecraft to land on the moon, and when did it land? Apollo 11. Mm, good guess. False. I, I guess that was the right. it eight? also wrong
0: i don't know We're i think it was like sixty-five, sixty-six, though
1: right or no i this surprised me my son of i'm sure knew it but uh it was not a u.s spacecraft oh it's not the, a, yeah the soviet union's luna 2 an unmanned spacecraft which landed on september 13 1959 on the moon
0: mm-hmm.
1: isn't that so, 10 years before we walked on the moon
0: Listen, Welcome to the you know, U.S. education, everybody. I
1: was going to say, are are you guys, are <laughs> oh, you guys? Yes.
2: They never taught us that.
0: <laughs> we, we would have never learned that in a million years. No.
2: Are you guys, are you guys on the for all mankind timeline? Is that what's happening right now?
1: Know, no, this know is real. This is, legit. this is legit. I
0: haven't, I haven't seen the uh, finale, the season finale. So all right.
1: No uh, how many spacecraft have landed on the moon since that first one? It you don't have to be exact, but give me like a you know a rough
0: less one. than five.
1: Less than five seven how many? Seven. We're going to seven. Seven. <laughs> the answer is more than a hundred spacecraft have crashed or what? made soft landings on the moon since that first. See, fall.
2: here's here's the thing. I when you say <laughs> spacecraft, for some reason I keep assuming it's a manned spacecraft
0: manned yeah. like
2: i think i think they're people that's that's why you went with the apollo answer mm-hmm. but you're just talking like
1: just anything any anything that yep okay. any spacecraft most um probably many of them didn't uh have that how many humans have walked on the moon seven so it's going with seven i like it shannon
0: I've, this is not information. You take the
1: over or under?
0: I'm going under seven.
1: <laughs> under seven. The answer is 12. 12 yeah. NASA astronauts walked on the lunar surface between 1969 and 1972. And here, I'm not going to ask you the question, but a few items that humans have left behind. So scientists are worried about. A the,
0: flagpole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> scientists are worried about the impact of human presence on the moon, just like on Earth. And we have left behind uh, scientific equipment for experiments, obviously spacecrafts and components of spacecrafts, flags, photographs, golf balls, bags of human excrement and religious texts. So we've left, of course, we've left shit and Bibles and other religious texts on the moon.
0: (laughs) Some might categorize those under the same (laughs) human waste. (laughs)
1: That was too easy. Human Human waste and regret. <laughs> <laughs> I, I teed that one up for you, didn't I? Oh my gosh! So
0: you know, it's funny. Like I, as, I liked space as a kid, but I was not fascinated by the moon. Like sure. I was fascinated by like yeah deeper space. And as an adult, I'm not fascinated by space. I'm very much like fascinated by the fact that we know more about space than we do about our oceans, and right. like right. So, like, very much, I'm like, why, I feel like the answer, we, like, keep going farther and farther in space when, like, we're dying, like, we're killing ourselves, and the answer might be in the ocean if we explored it in some way. And I'm also, because I'm a complex person, I'm like, good, let's leave that shit alone. Like, that might be the reason why we've survived. Exactly. (laughs) Because we haven't messed with it.
1: (laughs) Correct. Wow. So, um Proverbs 11. Funny. 20... I know
0: more about I know more about the phases of the moon. So if that's what the quiz was about, I could have told you more about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Proverbs 11. 25 says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's the new international version. The King James version translates it, and it cracks me up. It translates that the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. It just was funny to me. But the idea being that if you liberal in the sense of generous, obviously, that was the other translation. So when you freely give to others, it will come back around. Is this sort of um, biblical karma, or how would you describe this idea of reciprocity in terms of being generous? Well, I think there's an
2: idea that transcends religion. Mm -hmm. Um, So you will, I mean, you have people of no faith uh, at all, whether they're atheists, humanists, whatever, that don't have a religious, uh, or religion is not the North Star for them. Mm -hmm. And, but this idea of generosity as part of the pathway to us, You know, liberating ourselves from systems of oppression like capitalism is not a is not a new
1: idea. It's not a idea. So So, you would say this is like just a law of human nature, or being social creatures.
2: Yes, this is a this is this is a I think this is a uh, a tenant of human
1: interdependence. What about the person who feels like they've always gone above and beyond for others, and life has dealt them a bunch of crap?
2: Um, Including well, other mean, people
1: have treated them like crap. I
2: was, I was going to say, that's a tenet of parenting, um, and we all, <laughs> we all survived, so... <laughs>
1: But, but Don't you know point, what I mean? Like, like people yes, I are doing. Do. Like, no, I totally right. know what you mean. Like, look, I thought I was doing my part, and yet, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I got this car accident, or I, this jerk person out of nowhere so, did it or whatever. So, I think,
2: I think then some people have the idea of reciprocity being like um, a transactional thing. So, right. I do good, therefore, good should come my way, right. versus the doing good just for the sake of doing good knowing it it transforms some lives or whatever. It's not a it's not a it's not a equal exchange. Yeah. Right. It's not like, oh I I tithe the church on Sunday, therefore some money's gonna show up in my bank account. Right. Later. And churches will abuse that mm-hmm. notion. You know, right exactly you you give and god will prosper you financially and not just prosper financially but to the measure by which you give. so you give us more god will give you more
1: and they probably so use this verse they yeah might, for the liberal well, part <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like i mean this is it can be dangerous like whoever refreshes others will be refreshed so pastor keep giving your time and your energy like I... You know, you helping us will refresh you. You don't need to Ooh, go no. away. Good. But I think what Brian, you were alluding to is the um, like, and I I've spoken about her before, but I have a, I had a very very good friend who was really just wanted to have a family, and you know, did all the right things in life, and went to church, and did all you know whatever, and in marriage, like kept having. She had a stillbirth and multiple miscarriages, and and I remember saying one day, just like, why doesn't God want what I want? Like this, I don't want to rob a bank. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to. And I think that's where this gets really hard and difficult. And that's what you're talking about. Like, what yeah, about yeah. the people who, you know? Yeah,
1: for sure. And then, you know, those people might look and see somebody who's like kind of a terrible person. And yet they've got a happy fan, uh, you know, perceived Happy family, you know, nice house, nice career, and it's like, but that person's kind of a jerk. Like, why does it work out for them? And here I am trying yeah. to be a good person, and every so, turn is a struggle. Or why does a
0: thirteen-year-old get pregnant by her dad? When you know, and why does this woman on TV have eighteen fucking kids? And why does you know, like, you can go down that and play that yeah, game? Yeah, certainly
1: on the pregnancy one. Yes, right,
2: hundred percent. You know,
0: all day long.
2: So, so it's the age-old theodicy question, right? Why do, why do, why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people uh and that but that question is framed in uh in in a theology of an interventionist god who can play favorites or not right right and so so the premise so the problem isn't the question the problem is the premise on which the question is based so i would say to people who are asking that question why why do these things happen to me? Why do bad things happen to me when I'm being good, or why am I being good and good isn't coming back to me? Or you know, why does God let this happen? Or you know, uh, to to invite them to begin to reframe their idea of what God is, um, sure, because you sure, can sure. you can you can run ragged with that question and think God's out to punish you or God's ignoring you. And that question can lead to perhaps you losing your faith in God as opposed to reframing the, the the premise of what God is, and then in you know be a pathway to a little deeper faith. Um but but well, yeah, the, the
0: and, and I was gonna and say, I'm... and this
2: this verse isn't hell because this this verse is implying that. When you do good, God will reward you in a very tangible way, and sometimes it's not tangible.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is this verse? Would you say? Would you say this verse is wrong, or it's it's maybe true as sort of a loose principle of just how social dynamics work? But don't like don't. Well, take it I feel or...
2: I would interpret this verse as as an invitation to feel good from doing the good. Yeah, Not, With not no a reward-based system. With no expectation. Let the good figure out how to feel good by being generous. Let that warm your heart. Yeah, Which uh, is the know, best let way let to be, be
1: genuinely reward. generous. If you're doing it exactly. because, well, it's going to come around. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Selfless that's, giving. Yeah.
0: that's the key here, right? Is that like what we really are talking about are like, we can be talking about transactions, right? But the question Mm -hmm. about the transaction is, is it a gift freely given or is, you know, and I, I mean, this is where, you know, I'll just speak like in terms of humanity, this is where like, I'm never going to view money as like, there's always a price to pay for a financial like, right? Like, oh no, this is a gift. Like, no, like, (laughs) I, I, I very much would like to believe it is. And um I I knew a woman who married um quote unquote very well, right? Where she didn't have mm-hmm. to work and she didn't and she said, I earned every penny of that, you know. Right. She's like, there's always a price to pay. <laughs> right. And like, and it's and and she didn't marry for money, but that was she's like, there's always a price to pay. So don't ever yeah. pretend like oh. this was just given. Right. Um Right. And that's why I think we do need to move, especially biblically, away from that kind of mentality, that, you know, like prosperity mentality about this. And this is about, I, so I'd like to view this in its best possible light, which is where it's about being and not doing, yeah. right? Like who you are in the world is to be a generous person, generous with your time and your love and your energy. And, and I think that. that that means creating some boundaries so that you can rejuvenate as well yeah that's right but to me what this says is like cultivate good positive relationships and that will feed you as well like that inner that energy that it takes to cultivate these good things will also serve you well um yeah i don't know i'm probably reading way too much into it
1: oh i like it (laughs) good proverbs are always tricky to try to go go too deep into (laughs) so all right a little bit on deconstruction um this is from larissa lee on twitter or whatever it's called now (laughs) deconstructing isn't a threat to god god honors the wrestlers the doubters the honest deconstructing is a threat to the status quo to power structures to control mechanisms and those things never back down quietly press on dear questioners it is not god who opposes you what do you like Amen. like about that take on deconstruction i i have no notes
0: i i fully agree like really uh,
1: it's pretty I mean, yeah and it. It's pretty well said, I think. Um, it is
0: interesting. Like as I've as I've moved into this work, I've been dealing more and more with this resistance to move away from status quo. Mm. And I've had to really expand what status quo is because I do think we have a tendency to just kind of name status quo as like a boomer mentality, right? Or something. But it it re- it's such. This stasis is so much bigger than we give it credit for. Um, well, and it's, even it's how I live sorry, into no, just naming like how much I live into yeah, sure status quo and all of that yeah yeah, you know? yeah
2: yeah. So so status quo is our comfort. It is it is whether whether it's it's heteronormativity, whether it's like you know two day delivery by Amazon, whether it's like the cheapest mass produced thing. Whether it's like, oh, the war is happening over there, not over here, whatever, whatever our creature comforts are. Um, there's a there's a great book called Hospice and Modernity. We're actually gonna do it over on my other uh, platform, Project Sank. This is a book study. This it's called uh Hospice and Modernity. And it's the idea that all these systems that of that have caused the rise of modernity are beginning to crumble because they can't sustain themselves. It's killing us. It's killing the planet. The world's on fire. And these systems are starting to cobble. They're those who are making money, so they're invested in keeping the systems going, but the systems can't survive. So basically, we have to realize that moder- modernity is beginning to die, and we could either go down with the shit, or we can intentionally hospice it out and welcome in whatever might be next. Um, and, but part of that is comes back to the deconstruction to go like yes. are are we willing to examine why we have the creature comforts that we have are we willing to examine the 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 fear that is generated just from the idea of losing those creature comforts but then also realize that that's the only way we're going to save ourselves we 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 have to give something up <laughs> right mm-hmm. so so yeah it's great that we can have these marvelous cell phones and all of that, but you got to understand that the precious metals that make them run are causing all kinds of wars and hardships in the Congo and other places. um So uh we also like the things we talk about is not if we are upholding these systems, but how. So, so you know, all of us are sitting here with cell phones. All of us are sitting here with multiple cell phones in our house and computers and it's gotten, modernity has gotten us to the point where we have to use them. I mean, otherwise like, we couldn't be doing this show right now, for example. Right. So it's not about just throwing them out, but to realize that if we are going to continue to do this, we can't continue to do it in the way that we've been doing it, because it is killing the planet and it is killing us. So we've got to come up with some new ways. And that's, and for me, deconstructing is part of that. And then to this quote's point, the powers that be, the power structures, and those could be economic or religious power structures or political power structures, don't want that because then the money stops flowing their way. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and not sure just, a, but in terms of a religious deconstructing too, like there's this, there's this aspect that if you ask questions, if you and, I, and we're all part of churches and our leaders that are like, no, ask questions. Questions are good. And at the same time, we're like, oh, my God, are you serious? You're asking me about aliens and if that threatens God's, you know, some biblical view. Like, whatever, right? Like, sure. let's just, what, I don't know. I'm just throwing every, that every, one every, off. At the
2: everybody's top. got their thing.
0: <laughs> everybody's got their thing, right? But anyway, so, but there is this this phrase that i adopted at some point that i just embraced which is like god can handle it Mm. like whatever it is or in and like it can be handled if you can think it it can be handled by this right like there isn't anything (laughs) outside of
2: that's so much nicer than what i said which was like god don't care
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I, and I think like Shannon's point is such a good one because in certain aspects of Christianity, you're not allowed, you're sort of taught that if you think a certain thought, like your soul Mm -hmm. might be in jeopardy or something really bad, you know, like just, you're not even allowed to think it, let alone speak it. And for, for you to say, you know, there's no thought that couldn't be thought that's somehow going to create a new crisis. That's never been in existence. Like, Like, let, like let that go.
0: You're not immediately going to hell for, like, do you, like, even if I just, like, do you really exist? Like, is this really happening? Like, what is this real? Like, what's going on? I'm not going to hell for that. And, like, as a teenager, it very much was like, if yeah. you even expressly, I'm like, well, you just said it. So now I put the thought in my head. So, like, now, like, so now am I going to hell? What's no, happening? You're going right with now? me. Like, right. Like, exactly.
1: No, well, but we he was were told to
0: warn me. So he was, he was, yeah, you know, yeah. on the, on the side of the kingdom. We, you know. <laughs> we were, t-
2: we were told that God was a jealous God. So there's exactly. that.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, and, and, and by the way, Romans explicitly like shuts all of that down, but nonetheless, <laughs> like, I mean, I think that is really what's trying to say here is like, let's not, first off, let's not equate the church or the institution with God, Let's oh. not even equate the Bible with God or scripture 100%. with God. Yes. Like, let's have all of our questions and all of our wrestling and all of our, de- like, I really, it's so succinct. It's such a beautiful quote on, honestly. Um, yeah. And the only- God didn't establish the status quo we did. So right. like, it's not against God to think otherwise. Yes. It's just not.
2: You just said, don't equate the Bible with God. But I hope you're enjoying that tasty hell beverage because that's where you're going for saying mm. that. Just putting that up. Uh, listen,
0: if this is if this is what I have to drink in hell, like <laughs> bottoms up, friends,
1: sign me up.
0: Bottoms <laughs> up. Oh.
1: The only edit I would have to the quote is just um, after God, I would put slash the universe because deconstruction should, I mean, can not should, but can entail deconstructing even the idea of God itself and so i would say god slash the universe just to expand it a little but i don't know
2: oh, i would i don't know I don't because you when disagree, you disagree with that deconstructing god gets you to the universe
1: <laughs> well that's well that's what i'm that's, saying like like some people's deconstruction leads them to a place where they say there is no god and so this quote might feel like a little uh-huh. still feel a little too christiany for them And they'd say, well, of course, it's not a threat to God. There's no God to be threatened. That's all I'm... But I think that's the
0: ultimate deconstruction, though, is to say, hey, there is no God. And like, my response to that is like, and the God I believe in can absolutely handle that.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right. Yes. And And and, I'm not...
0: And no one's opposing you. By all means, feel that way. Right, right, right. Like, think that way. Now, if you're feeling that way because like some human experience that someone opposed like is actually the thing this quote is trying to deconstruct then let's talk through that you know what i mean like anyway
1: yeah Yeah, yeah and i'm not trying to say deconstruction needs to or should lead there not at all i think there's all all kinds of areas and phases and 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 all of that and i think part of the process of faith is constantly deconstructing our notion of of god and faith continually um and as Ogan noted, there's certainly many areas of our world that, that she talks about where the status quo, the power structures, etc. cetera.
0: Um, I mean, not to throw out the E word, but it is supposed to evolve. Like yeah, yeah, all yeah. of this is supposed to evolve as we do. Exactly. So...
1: The e uh, word. A quote huh. I thought of relating to status quo is the the classic from Upton Sinclair who said, it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding it and so like our comfort lifestyle of technology Mm -hmm. and all the stuff it's hard to get humans to be like understanding that's not good for us when we kind of like that world in a lot of ways exactly exactly
0: you know it's interesting i had a i had a conversation last week with a minister and i don't know that they would mind me saying like saying this anonymously but like they left full-time ministry they're they're still like they're a kind of temporary work and not their full-time job anymore and they were like i don't know that it's healthy for my faith to have my salary dependent on the church like mm. and i just felt like that was a very real statement yeah yep. um and like it speaks to the quote you were just saying Brian like I just <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually like, I'm, this is the first time I'm even saying this out loud, but it really is making me curious about like salaried clergy, professional clergy. Um, and I'm not saying we should all devote our time for free. Like, it's just, I it's just complex system, right? Like it is complex. It's, I wrestle it's, it's, with it, it all it, the well, time. Bringing oh, up some questions, I- you know.
2: It is, and I and I would say sort of where where the issue comes in is, which maybe your friend was alluding to, but maybe not the the expression of my faith tied to my salary. So when I am a salary employee of the church, there's an expectancy that I say certain things and not say certain things, right, and that are reflective of my faith journey. And I mean, what else am I going to talk about except my faith journey, which mm-hmm. has gone all over the map, right? And when and, and people talking about status quo, people don't always want to hear about their minister's faith journey going all over right. the map. Oh, no.
0: Right? That was actually the most, and 100%. I've observed this over and over again with the clients I work with, of like parishioners and like church people, they cannot handle the pastor leaving the status quo. So no, like they, really good things happening in your life, leaves the status quo really bad things happening to your life like leaves like you they want this steady Eddy kind of thing in the middle where you just never like you're just persevering and doing good and blah, and you're blah, blah. not that
1: human frankly right
0: and you're really yeah it, it like it strips away the humanness of it and again I I mean it goes both ways like when good things are happening to you like when you become a parent like churches mm-hmm. act up even though they're like oh my god babies and families but like they can't handle your like the minister's life changes right. now maybe i really will name like maybe it's different for men but like if it, it it's really a struggle for women
2: it's 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 i i remember when um i was at the church in massachusetts and i lived basically like less than 15 minutes away from the church i mean i timed it once it was really 8 minutes And then I decided to move in with girlfriend at the time who lives close to an hour away and was closer downtown. And it was also because Joy wanted a more competitive dance studio. So I decided to relocate to about an hour away and people lost their ever loving mind. I actually had people quit the church and said, this was the last straw because clearly he's not invested in us. Because he's choosing to live so far away from us. And I was like, last time I checked, when you had a job, it didn't matter where you lived, you had to show up to work. Listen, right. there's a lot of extra right?
1: expectations with the
2: title of right? and uh-huh. and 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 I had to say to people, you know, actually me living further away is actually gonna get me here on time and keep me longer. Because mm-hmm. there's, no more, there's no more quick eight-minute dashes back and forth to home. Right. There's no more me waiting to the last minute to leave, knowing I only have an eight-minute drive. I have almost an hour commute now, and I know there might be accidents on the way. I got to build in some buffer time. You will right. actually see me here more often because I live further away. And the fact that I had to say that out loud and explain it and calm people down, totally, <laughs> like, to your point, I was like, what is that? What is happening right now? Right. I didn't understand yeah. that it would be that big a deal. Yeah. You know. And 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 I remember never forget the one congregant who got up at the at the because we had we had a we had a congregational meeting about this, because people were really in an uproar. And he got up and he said, you know, I was bothered by it at first, but I remembered when we first hired you, you were actually flying back and forth between here and DC. And well, mm-hmm. you never missed a Sunday. So I think you'll be okay. Right. <laughs> I
1: was like.
0: That's Thank a little you. bit longer of a commute. And you I made exactly.
1: Someone so else in a side conversation and said, let's calm it out. Yeah. You know, so slow
0: your roll, friends.
1: Exactly. Slow your roll. Exactly. If I can commute from
2: three states, five states away and get here, I don't think an hour is going to be that big a deal.
1: You'll be all right. <laughs> so this past Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the United States. And he was, of course, uh, well-known for speaking out about nonviolence. And we have a quote here where he said, in spite of temporary victories, violence never brings permanent peace. And just wondering about that view, especially in light of current global conflicts. We don't have to think hard to think about current global conflicts. We've got Israel-Gaza and Russia-Ukraine, just to name two, where we see violence being employed in the quote pursuit of peace and wondering whether his quote stands up like i i'm very sympathetic and want to believe it can but can it really stand up in quote the real world with global powers
2: i'd say i'd say y- yes and and at first i was going to say well you know we fought a whole world war over you know um anti-Semitism, we fought, a, you know, we defeated the Nazis and there was global violence, not once, but twice, uh, and it, it it ended a lot of struggles and they brought peace, so the violence brought peace. However, when I think of it, when I thought for it, I was like, well, when I think of permanent peace, we, we never got rid of anti-Semitic sentiment right we still had neo-nazi parties we have neo-nazis to this day nazism never really went away it just it just shifted forms they just weren't in charge of a whole country with the military power exactly 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 so so and and they've there's been violence as a result of it um and therefore yeah the the violence didn't really bring permanent peace and even even to the Israel and Gaza situation now, right? There's there, n- none of the violence by either group, and let's be clear that that you know th- the Palestinians for decades have been living under you know an apartheid system, so that in okay. itself is is violent. Um,
0: and and I, I want to yeah. just be clear and careful when we say like Nazis never went away; like Nazis were relocated. Around the world, particularly to the United <laughs> States, where Nazism was allowed to be perpetuated through other forms of a caste system. Yes, and so you you Fair are part. seeing Nazis in America. You're seeing Nazis in Switzerland or um, in Sweden right now. You're seeing it, and you know you're you're seeing it pop up over Europe, right. where people were allowed to either flee or relocate in a way that has allowed the ideas or the fundamental ideas to spread when they should have died, because Germany has really done their work to mm. rid itself of Nazism. Yeah. And yes. so I just, I don't think that's a distinction that we make enough of the rise of of these, like Nazi fundamental, fun, whatever the word is, right? Yeah, you know, fundamentalist
1: um, groups.
0: Fundamentalists, you know, like it's not out of Germany that it's happening.
1: Yeah, And, and, they, well, I was and just I'm just saying, it. like,
0: they really did their work to educate Germany so it didn't happen again. And right. they teach their children, like, yes, we did this as a country, but you didn't do it. What your responsibility is, is to learn it and make sure it never happens. And that's something we in the United States have never been able to do. Right. So,
1: correct. anyway. I was just going to say... uh, to ogen's point about multiple world wars and i'm not a world war one history buff by any means but my understanding of it is that germany was weakened and left in such a state that allowed
2: mm-hmm.
1: the the nazi party to gain in power and a, a person like hitler uh an authoritarian to take over because of the state they were left by the violence of world war one so world war one mm-hmm. might have temporarily created what, you know, peace in quotes, but it set the stage for even more violence. It just took a couple of decades to build up again.
0: Which is very similar to what happened in Afghanistan in the seventies, right? Like this Correct. kind of yep. vacuum of, um, and, right. and like, I I think as we look at this, you know, we just had this long conversation about the status quo. And. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated that I saw yesterday over and over again, that I hadn't, I hadn't seen as much of in years past, which is like, remember that when King died in 68, like two thirds, a poll said two thirds of America's disliked him. And, you know, that he was unpopular. And so Mm -hmm. like, don't just throw out, like he's, his nice quotes have become status quo now. Right. And like, actually what he was doing is deconstructing that status quo. And, And so I just having these two quotes back to back, it's just interesting to name, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But if you look at Gaza, you know, our temporary peace solution since the what the 40s, 48, I think it was when that was created, like,
2: yeah,
0: that's still temporary.
2: (laughs) <laughs> well and 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 it wasn't yes. it wasn't peace. It was an apartheid system, which is not the yeah. system of peace. Right. <laughs>
1: right, right. It was yes, sit the F down, Palestinians, and and like it.
0: Yeah. And, and we're gonna so move guess, you out of the land so that, you know. And again, strug- like
1: my struggle with this quote is it feels easy to criticize violence and I'm put put myself right there. But it, like, I feel like we've not yet seen good practice of nonviolence. I mean, there's examples, but it just, like, we just keep fa- humanity. We just keep falling back to violence. Well, let's stockpile mm-hmm. our weapons. Let's have an arsenal. Let's let's use the threat of violence. Let's use actual violence because just, we just keep doing it, and it just we know it doesn't doesn't work. It I don't know. It's like. It's, I don't know. It's like well, cutting it's off a, your nose a, to spite your face.
2: <laughs> it's a it's a quick fix, right? Or we right. we assume it's a quick fix. We right. think it's a quick fix, but it's 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 not the solution. The solution is a lot of long term deconstruction and reconstruction right. and slow that work. happens. Exactly, exactly. So so you know, to be a realist, is it we we've you know. Talk again about hospice and modernity. We've created a situation where um, it's often through only by violent means some people feel like they can thrive, whether for good reasons or malevolent reasons, right? And then the answer is well, we've got to meet force with force. Mm-hmm. So we set up we set up that dynamic, and unfortunately, then when the violence ends or pauses, then we never do the deep questioning or the deep accountability. So Shannon talked about Afghanistan. And again, most of the reason that part of the world has always been in the mess is because of Western influence and interfering and and modern day, you know, colonizing um, and those sort of things. It's trying to export Western ideology to places that you know, kind of never asked for it Um right. and instilling, you know, puppet shadow things, uh, governments and all that sort of stuff. So so it also won't change until the, you know, the the ancient colonizers who became modern colonizers by other means, acknowledge their part in it and do their own uh inner work as nations and individuals to go like, we need to stop doing this, because clearly, again, we're setting the world on fire, and and but there's money to be made. Yes, right? the, and the it war, gets you a war machine, and it gets you elected. Right, there's money oh. and power to 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 be had from perpetrating violence.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to bring this up over and over and over again because it's an election year. Like the first thing I think about, I'm and and again, like I'm sorry that I don't think about the Middle East or the Ukraine first, but like the first thing I think about here is January 6th. Like, I, it, and it is there, like, it is a message of violence because there is a rhetoric that under one, like, you know, utilitarian, like one person, I will unite everyone and we will have peace like that is the rhetoric, that was the rhetoric of both Führers that we know of, like that Stalin. was the, that was the rhetoric of Stalin, that was, you know, like there there is, that was the rhetoric of Lenin, like I will unite us all and you will have peace. So join me in this violence so that we can live peacefully. And it just doesn't, it absolutely does not work. Um, I'm not saying democracy is super, super great, I'm saying that doesn't work. like, And that's what makes that... Anyway, oh, maybe, it, I'm genuinely terrified. We're recording this the day after the Iowa caucus, which I don't think the Iowa caucus means a whole lot, quite thanks, honestly. Thanks, Iowa. Uh, but, you know, thanks, Iowa.
2: <sighs> I was going to say, maybe democracy would work, but we've never done it properly, so we don't know.
0: <laughs> we haven't. And we're not a true democracy, right? We're a republic. No, we're not. Right, exactly. That's different. So how do you that guys is, that is feel
1: a- about um support for the military and how that feeds into perpetual violence because you cannot run for office and be elected in this country if you are not full-throated full support of full and beyond full funding of our military and having the latest weapons being the strongest military power in the world that is like a US tenant you can't get elected without it and will we ever move beyond it if that's the case
0: there's, and I've thought this several times throughout this podcast. There's this quote from the West Wing. It's from the first season. They're trying to get this gun bill passed. And they bring up the vice president, John Hoynes, and he goes and speaks to this Texas senator. And he's like, as long as they have a gun, I want a gun. And I want my wife to have a gun. And I want my kids to have guns. And, <laughs> and anyway, I just can't stop thinking about that quote and all of this of like, That's the that's the argument. Like we have to be pro military because they have a gun. So we have to have bigger guns
1: for sure. It's the old we have stuff to protect. And if we were to unilaterally disarm, guess what? They'd come and take it. Well, it's 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 deeper than that.
2: No, it's it's deeper than that is there's that sense of uh, American righteousness that we know better. Therefore, we can be the ones
1: trusted to have the biggest. For sure. Mil- yeah, we're military. we're fine
0: if we have all the guns and nobody right. else does, but yeah. we want all the exactly. guns.
1: Well, yeah, and when we do violence, it's righteous and justified. Exactly,
0: because that's it, it, actually exactly. what we were taught in school. Oh yeah, you know we, we don't view like, U.S. violence. We won the World War II. like we've done it all. <laughs> yes. We were righteous in Vietnam, like we were. Yeah. Like it's all. And I will say that, like, I I. I want to separate the military from military personnel, right? Which oh, 100%. is, yes. yeah, and, and sure. we all do that. And like sometimes, you know, it, it's so interesting to me, like Michelle Obama's big, one of her two biggest issues was military families. Mm-hmm. Her second mm-hmm. was nutrition and children. And like, by the way, how can we hate either one of those issues? But like, God, of course it was Michelle Obama. So, you know. People did, but they were that is absolutely what I'm I'm absolutely in support of military personnel of they're in a very difficult system. Um, I'm actually starting to work with more military people who are like working on things themselves and don't want to go through the military complex because um, it's a feat like it's offered to them, but they get they might get told on, which is real. So like mm-hmm. they're hiring outside people. Um, it's just really interesting to see more and more into it. And at the same time, I'm like, this is it's I, I don't know. You all know my stance. I'd get rid of it all. But like
1: Yeah, it's more about my, to get rid of it. it's about <laughs> the system, as you said, not not the individuals yeah. who are, you know, yeah.
0: But why can't politicians stand up and be for the for the personnel, for the people, for all of it and be brave enough to say we spend too much, we spend too much money.
1: Because people, voters will say you're not actually for it unless we have the biggest, the fastest, the most destructive. Well, well, and
2: also to to Brian's point, what he's saying is like to be anti-military is to be anti-American because the two, the two have been made synonymous with each, with each other. So, but, but people don't hear the nuance of, I am, I am, Pro the men and women in the military. I am not pro the institution that is like this bloated thing that consumes so much of our tax dollars. In fact, I think we should start a campaign. I I I said this the other day. If I can select my browser cookies, which ones I want to spy on me, I should be able to when I pay my taxes say select where my tax dollars are going to go. There should be there should be boxes on my tax return to say, I want my taxes to be spent on roads, bridges, public schools, libraries, whatever. And, you know, feeding the poor, housing the homeless, and a box for military spending. And if I want to check that box, I'll check that box. And if I don't, I shouldn't have to, right? So I don't, I, I feel like I'm being placed in a position where it's like, the bombs that are killing Palestinian children are American bombs that I help build with my tax dollars. Yeah. Right. So it makes me want to not pay my taxes right. right now. Cause I don't that. And cause I'm complicit in that. And, the and truth I don't want to be if,
1: complicit. In that. If the truth. Correct. And if the truth is, if they had those little boxes you could check, the military is powerful enough that it wouldn't matter which boxes you check. They still get their money. And, Probably, but and not they as much But.
0: but- but there but would be data much, on how many people didn't check that box. And that maybe would there be could be exactly. data. Yes.
1: That would be good. That, <laughs> yes. that, that would be good. That, interesting is, that data. would be good.
0: Right. Yes. And uh, yeah. I mean, the other there was something else I was gonna say that I totally lost the thought of. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I just I anyway, I forgot what it was. Oh, because that's the way my brain is working these days. Uh so. I guess we're finished. We're wrapping up, friends.
1: If only we were in the room in Iowa.
0: Oh, God. Iowa. (laughs) Iowa.
1: Can we, why are we, okay,
2: first of all, first of all, we need, talk about deconstructing. We need to overhaul this whole voting system in the state. Why why are we still doing caucuses in rooms? I mean, come on.
0: I'm sorry, Oga, that you don't want to talk about football, but it was such a blessing last night. That like the <sighs> first of these, you know, the 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 kickoff really of this primary uh-huh. season was on a like playoff game night because then I could sure. absolutely just ignore it and like it was it was genuinely and the like Oscars were last night I guess or something so like the
2: Emmys the, or the Emmys, Emmys like yes. there
0: were all these things happening that it was like nobody cares and I yeah. like that's how. I feel like that's going to define our entire election cycle. I think you're right. Um, Anyway, so I'm sure we're going to talk about it over and over and over again for the next few months. So thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pup Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PD Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Top cities tuning in this week are Longview, Texas, Philadelphia, that's in Pennsylvania, and Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can watch the video of these conversations on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a Pub Theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at PUBTheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly. And keep those conversations flowing.
2: Have you all watched the movie Saltburn
0: yet? No.
2: Okay, you gotta watch it. Not we just started movies. Only
1: Murders in the Building, so
2: I'm. That's a fun series, a lot but not 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 for kids. Saltburn. Well oh. uh, oh, I was like, we are
1: watching with our kids.
2: Not. Oh no, Only Murders is fine. I'm oh. saying the movie Saltburn. Yeah.